Can you take me Dude, their guitarist is legendary. Dude, they're, they're straight legend. Creed broke off and they started Alter Bridge with Miles Kennedy. Yeah, legendary. Yeah, so was Ingwe Malmsteen, but you don't Six hear about him anymore either. That's true, I guess. Do you, have you ever heard of him? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm a guitarist, bro. Okay. Just went up a couple notches in my book. You're welcome. I didn't know there were more notches I could go. I thought I was already at the highest pinnacle. I've made a few more extra ones. Oh, you made extra ones? Yeah. I appreciate that. It's the weight loss. Yeah. Are we ready? I'm yes. ready. Are you ready? Curtis, can I do you for the intro? I hope you can do <laughs> me for the intro. Whoa. Okay, ready? Welcome <laughs> to the CrossFit SCV podcast. Oh, my God. I'm your host, Curtis Marzenzik. <laughs> It's like a cross between a game show and a fight. I'm not I, sure what's happening I'm here. I'm not really sure what that was. Welcome to the CrossFit SCV Podcast. My name is Curtis Morzenzik. I'm joined by Nick Christou. And today we are joined by the infamous Coach Harry Helfrich. Harry Potter. Hello. Howdy, howdy. The boy who lived. Comes to die. How often do you get... <laughs> How often do you get Harry Potter jokes? Uh, my whole life. Ever since the book like the book came out, yeah. and it like pretty much ruined my life. What's the like, one that like bothers you the most? The the insult, like Harry jokes yeah. or just it was a Harry Potter you're like, okay, here comes the Harry Potter joke and it sucks and it's No, Harry fun. Harry Potter doesn't bother me too much because he's like super famous. I'm like, you just think I'm really famous. So what's cool. the, what's yeah, the I totally joke? see the resemblance, like, by the way, between you and Harry Potter. Yeah, totally. If, if Harry Potter was a power lifter. Yeah, and like super buff, right? Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um I got called Harry Poppins. That was like the most, the most hurtful one. I think <laughs> Harry Poppins. I was in like, I was in like the second grade. I got a purse. I got really upset. I got a fight at the second grade because I was really upset about it. Okay. Apparently, I was sensitive to Harry. I think. Poppins. I think. By the way, I was thinking about this on the way over. I think we need to start a new segment on top of shit that I've heard at the gym, and we're gonna call it uh, "What Has Harry." done oh boy. Here we, here no we just go. in his life oh here we, there's yeah. there's we a can lot. have a different segment like <laughs> there's, there's for a lot dude. 52 straight weeks <laughs> we, we probably could there's been a lot of phases okay curtis i'm really sorry i cut you off mid intro and you were deep in the zone so i was i was deep in the zone do you want to introduce our special guest today? i did actually okay. his name is harry helfridge he's a coach yeah. here across with scv yes and uh today we're going to talk about grit gritting and quitting gritting and quitting right? We're going to talk about uh, how not to drop out of your diet after the six-week mark. Somebody made a comment today on uh, one of our posts about, uh, I get to six weeks and I can't do it anymore. I don't want to prepare the meals. What do I do? And my, as I was reading it, my first thought was, you keep doing it. But uh, I thought a little bit more about it, and I think maybe we can, we can lay out a few uh, different pathways to setting expectations and being successful. But... Before we start that, let's talk to uh, let's talk to Harry for a minute. See what uh, Harry's got going on. So, Harry, you've been coaching at the gym. Yes. How long have you been a coach for? Uh, I've been a coach here, I think, about two years now. Yeah. Yeah. Harry, uh, you started out as a weightlifter. I did. Well, I started I started CrossFit right. And then I I was uh, when I first started CrossFit, was three hundred fifteen pounds. Uh, I started losing some weight. Uh, I, I've hit some weightlifting phases where I just switched just to weightlifting um but honestly i think it was an excuse to just eat whatever i wanted is that the thing um, weightlifting? It, it is when you're like a bigger person like i'm super strong kilos, like, kilos not pounds bro yeah no. kilos bro then there's like categories right it's like 105 plus is like the heavy one and like it's basically like eat pizza drink beer lift weights i'm gonna say there was a time in crossfit where people that were doing crossfit 
and they decided they didn't want to do the actual conditioning part anymore. So they became quote unquote weightlifters. Yes. And that's when you saw them hashtagging like a picture of them laying on a weightlifting platform, hashtag kilos, not pounds. I'm a weightlifter, bro. Is yeah. this where like the whole donuts and deadlifts thing came from? I, I, I don't, don't know. even know I what think that it's is. more a powerlifting never thing than it is yeah. CrossFit. But. Macros are macros. Doesn't matter how you get there. Well, yeah. then the super the super lazy version of that is I'm I'm I've now I don't feel like even doing the work associated with being a weightlifter. I'm going to become a powerlifter, and now all I do is bench press, deadlift, and eat donuts. What's yes. the difference between a weightlifter and a powerlifter? So weightlifting is going to be right. You like your snatch, clean and jerk. Uh, primarily, powerlifters are mostly bench, back squat, deadlift. Yeah, so weightlifting total is your snatch and your clean and jerk, and a powerlifting total is your deadlift, bench press, back squat. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So weightlifting phased. I and, and, well, hold on. and powerlifting, you don't have to squat below parallel. That's true. Yeah. They do it all the time. I watch videos. I'm like, what is happening? So there? I'm definitely a powerlifter. You are. Okay. 100% yeah, powerlifter. Yeah, only in the wad. Only when, when you're doing you, wall When ball you shots. do wall balls, you channel your inner powerlifter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And air squats and front squats and back squats, overhead squats. Yeah. And anything with a squat. I'm yeah, good, really. So you started weightlifting. I you were did. Heavy. So I went and got uh, my USAW level one, right, which is the USA Weightlifting uh, Federation, and I started coaching just a weightlifting class here. Um, and then I fell in love with coaching. Later, I went on and got my level one uh, in Orange County, and then uh, and then I started coaching here, uh, doing CrossFit and weightlifting. We used to have a weightlifting class, so I coached that, and then CrossFit classes on top of that, and now it's just uh, just CrossFit classes. How much do you weigh now? Right now I'm uh, 265. So you went 315 was your heaviest? Yep. How many pounds is that? 75? It's like, I don't know, fit, no, 55. 55 somewhere there. Somewhere. 50. Yeah. yeah. So how, can you take us through that journey? Yeah, so uh, in the beginning it was a lot of, uh, I was at a different gym when I first started CrossFit. Uh, so it was a lot of trial and error. I tried a lot of different diets. I tried paleo, tried Hill 30. I tried just macros. I did the zone diet. Um, I, I didn't find one that uh, I thought worked excellently, uh, but I was, so I was trying different stuff. It kind of uh, fluctuated, right? Lose some weight, gain some weight back, lose some weight, that kind of thing. And then when I came here, met Curtis. He introduced me to RP, right? Renaissance periodization. And, shameless uh, plug. Yeah, yeah shameless. For and future sponsor is that what we're calling? Them? Uh, I'm gonna say future guest on them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're yeah, definitely not a sponsor. Yeah. Just put a little pressure on them. We don't have sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> so I started doing that. Curtis gave me a template. Right back then, they didn't have the app yet. It was just regular templates. And uh, a bulk of the weight loss was when I joined here, uh, and started that template. We had like a challenge, and I hit it real hard. Right? I went like, you know, 70 days or something. What per- was the perfect. We just, it was just follow RP. Right, as, as make goals, follow RP. Yep. Well, you got an X for every day you, you achieved. Right, it was more of a yeah. Interrupt for a second. It was more of a I'm gonna say it was more of a goal challenge mm-hmm. than a weight loss challenge. The weight loss was maybe a, a derivative of that, but the challenge was to set some goals, and then every day that you hit that goal, you would mark something off on your uh, calendar, and then the winner w- had so many days marked off. So that was really more the emphasis was being able to master whatever process that you put in place. Awesome. So you got 70 days. Yeah, so like 70 days in a row. I had a couple hitches in there. Uh, 70 days, I lost like, I think like 35 pounds. Wow. Something like that during that, like a three or four month challenge. Um, and then, uh, yeah, an RP has just been something that, that's worked for me, right? I've had fluctuations, obviously. Still got a ways to go. Uh, but RP, uh, I, I find, is the, the most helpful one for me. It's Wait. a journey, right? I mean, yeah, you don't totally. ever arrive. Yeah, no, totally. And it's okay to go, you know, to lose some weight, gain a little bit back, right? That's going to it's gonna happen, right? But just sticking with the process and getting to the end goal is the ultimate 
goal, obviously. Yeah. What do you think the hardest pounds to lose were? And then what do you think the like the happiest momentum was? Um, I think the hard the hardest pounds to lose are like you know when you're a couple months into a cut, right? Because now instead of getting on the scale that first week and losing six pounds, you're losing like half a pound. So like, and you're hitting it perfect. Let's say you're hitting it perfect. You feel like, man, this isn't working. I only lost half a pound, right? But if you look at it, that's actually a really good loss, right? If you if you just stick with it right over a year, you're going to lose a lot of weight, losing half a, half a pound. Yeah. We write 25 pounds, right? So you just got to stick with that. Uh, I would say that is um, the hardest weight, the easiest, obviously, right when you start, right? You're hitting it. You got a lot of Excited. weight to lose, kind of hits it, right? And as far as momentum for me, it was like being able to do stuff in here, right? In the CrossFit gym, right? Where I would, I'd come in, I've lost 20 pounds, and now I can do a strict pull-up, right? Or a ring muscle-up, or just things are easier, burpees are easier, things like that. That always, like, kind of kept me going. Because I was like, oh, man, I couldn't do any strict pull-ups. Now I can do three, right? I mean, this is working. I need to keep going. It's awesome. Yeah. So uh, one of the things we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about, uh, I've got three specific topics I want to cover. I want to talk about planning and setting realistic expectations and, and how that all works. I want to talk about uh, sort of the difficulty of the process and what to expect. And then we're going to talk about sort of how to, how to get the grind on, right? How to, how to suck it up, how to man up, woman up, whatever you want to say. How to, binary up. How to non-binary <laughs> up, how to Z up. Um, <laughs> Those are, those are our three main topics. So we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it. Um, uh, Harry, weigh in. Uh, you've got yep. a lot of experience on some of this stuff, cool. and we can uh, we can work our way through it. So, talking about planning and setting expectations, uh, we talk about setting reasonable, attainable, appropriate expectations that can be that are measurable. Right? Um, you look at the goal board down there, and there's uh, I want to lose twelve pounds in the next three months by doing such and such and that's a really cool goal and then you look at other ones and they just say be awesome that's not that that's not really that's not really measurable or yeah there's no time limit to it there's no no way you can just have a good day and say i'm awesome my goal yeah. achieved right so we need to we need to set some expectations so looking at a challenge that nick and i are doing uh we set an expectation we're going to go for one month so we set a time limit on it we're going to say we're going to have certain limitations to what we eat we're going to eat all natural food not consume any alcohol you know make some other parameters so it's measurable we have a time limit on it it's attainable one you know if we said we're never going to drink another drop of alcohol for the rest of our lives unless we have an alcohol problem um <laughs> Mm, loosely defined problem. <laughs> we'll say that that's definitely attainable uh, and it's reasonable, right? Uh, versus, you know, the lifetime. I'm never going to eat another piece of bread for the rest of my life. That's probably not, not reasonable, likely. right? So I think what, what a lot of people do is they set expectations that are reasonable, right? So let's say, oh, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to lose 37 pounds in the next four weeks. Like, that's okay. You got a time limit on it and it's measurable, but there's no fucking way you're going to do that, yeah. right? Totally. So it, have you ever had any times where you've set a goal where you're like, this sounds totally awesome. And then totally all the halfway time, into it, you're like, yeah. uh, what was I thinking? And I'll even say even recently, like I still bite off more than I can choose sometimes, right? If you have a lot of weight to lose, you want it to, you want it to, to lose it. So in your head, you're like, I got a hundred pounds to lose. Let's get it going. Yeah. So like when you pick up a, a cut though, and you're like, oh, I'm going to lose 35 pounds on this cut, like good luck. And the, and like with RP, for instance, the app even warns you. It says like, are you sure? Cause this is going to be real rough yeah you get about two weeks in three weeks in let's say you're killing it 
or even your six week mark you're talking about and you're like oh no this was not a good day i get five carbs a meal what am i going to do so you just gotta you just lose weight right and and like what i have found is like saying like i gotta lose uh 100 pounds because i need to be 185 pounds that number always changes right and as you get closer you'll you'll feel a certain way and be like you know what maybe 200 is better for me than 185 right so it's always changing just lose weight right do make it's better to get rolling pick some some goals that you know you can get right get the momentum going and then you can you can just keep losing weight that's one of my notes that i have here set process expectations not results based expectations right so the it's an expectation like I am going to set this goal. Say I want to lose 20 pounds in four months, right? I'm going to lose five pounds a month. The process of that, that's going to make that happen is I'm going to eat such and such a way. I'm going to follow an app. I'm going to do whatever. I'm not going to eat any bad food, you know, whatever your process is. That's where the expectation needs to go, right? So if, and if I lose the weight, great. If I don't, whatever happens, we'll readjust and we can adjust the process at that point. But by putting your work into the expectation, or your expectation into the process, that's something that's really controllable on a daily basis. So you can you can actually achieve all of that and not make the the end goal, and still have it be okay because you think you know what I mastered the process. I just didn't plan the process very well. So maybe I need to change how much I'm eating every day. But if you can eat every day, or you can work out. Say your goal is to work out every day, and at the end of a year, I want to imp- I want to increase my bench press by thirty pounds. If your bench press doesn't increase by 30 pounds at the end of the year, you're still a success. If you achieved your, say, I'm going to work out five days a week, you're, you're still successful. Yeah. And the next year you say, all right, I'm going to modify my process to being, maybe I work out six days a week and I change what I'm doing a little bit. But but that way you, you it's not a failure. You don't walk away from going, oh my God, that was a complete waste of time. You know, I, I totally failed at that. So set process expectations, process-based expectations, not goal-based expectation because guess what you could weigh your goals what maybe 185 190 for you harry yeah somewhere there i'm gonna say you get to 185 190 and then what you're done like hey i never have to eat another piece of kale for the rest of my life i'm just gonna eat pizza and donuts right (laughs) yeah that doesn't work that way no you gotta stick to the life change right or you're just gonna blow up again yeah so that's the way it has to go what about you nick you ever had any uh diet struggles any process struggles oh hell yeah you you uh you bounce back a little bit right you you go from one to the other I live. I do not live extremist. my life in. <laughs> I do not live my life in balance. I live my life completely out of balance. Just chaos. We just pure chaos. We had to talk about going from like a one to a ten and keeping it like a seven and an eight. Did we have that yeah, discussion? Yeah, we did. Okay. We, talk, we talked about like you should really be aiming to keep it between like a six and an eight. No, I either do something zero percent or I do it a hundred percent, and there's nothing in between for me. I'm sure your wife appreciates that. Loves it. <laughs> yeah. So, but what's really interesting is that last comment you made, we went, to, uh, we did a little family vacation this weekend and Wally world, uh, we didn't Roy Wally world with a Lego land. Okay. Oh, yeah. We talked, we just oh, talked about that on the again. podcast we released today. Yeah. We had free tickets. So, you know, I'm all about them coupons and, and you didn't hang from the bar, <laughs> didn't hang from the bar again. You know, it's funny. I actually listened to that podcast on the way down and I was like, I wonder if I'm going to hang from the bar and I didn't care about the bar this time. I was done with that stupid bar. Okay. Um, uh, but that being said, so ate really well we've got our, obviously i think we're going to do an update at some point here on our nutrition challenge and it's not even a challenge it's just a, a support group that we have going for the month of november we'll talk about it at the end um but what was really interesting is i did not do a wad i did my i think my last wad was last thursday and this is my first wad on monday and if i go three days without crossfitting i start to get really like irritable and twitchy and all sorts of weird shit yes but because my diet was so clean 
I went and surfed on Friday and on Sunday, and I enjoyed the shit out of it. And I actually felt like, hey, I got a little workout in, but because I didn't go completely catastrophic on my diet eating nonsense, I, I actually felt like I got a workout in that meant something. Um, and that was a weird feeling because I usually am like the one that drowns in self-hate over the weekend and then I work my ass off come Monday through Friday and I'm super strict and then I spin off the rails from Friday night till Sunday morning and then I go to do church you, and cry. And do you think not drinking process. had anything to do with that? Uh, I do. I think for me it was not sugaring because um, drinking, I have this weird thing with drinking. I like this very weird relationship with alcohol. You know what's interesting? I have a great relationship with it. I think everybody else has a horrible relationship with me and it. I think everyone has an interesting <laughs> relationship with alcohol. I don't know that's a single but thing. I don't enjoy, like, I'm not the type of guy that comes home after work and is like, man, that was a hard day. I'm going to have a beer out of the fridge, right? It's like typically in a social setting. Um, so it doesn't happen often enough that I don't, you know, it doesn't really um, affect me in the way that it does for other people. For me, it's like if somebody brings over a donut and there's a dozen donuts, I need to eat eight of them. Yeah. And right. then hate myself so I don't eat donuts for six months. It's this fucking weird thing that I it's have. It's like when I say, I don't like cocaine. I just like how it smells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. No. That's exactly it. Yeah. Wow. Right? We escalated yeah. that really fast. Yeah. 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 So that's I, what we do here. Yeah. That's I, good. I, I'm in the camp that you do something until you make yourself completely sick and then you drown yourself in self-hate for six months and hide from it. Okay. So we're not going to ask you any more questions tonight. Wow. That's yeah. Holy crap. Okay. So on that note. <laughs> The next note I have here is uh, in second expectations. Uh, we talked about making them reasonable, attainable, you know, time-based, appropriate. <coughs> Excuse me. I can edit that. Thank you. Uh, I think now you should leave it in because I think it's better. Uh, we talk about make be smart, right? So when you set your expectations, when you say smart, do you mean like the simple, measurable, or whatever think? No, well, think about weighing in. Like, okay, so I'm going to work out, right? I'm going to work out once a day. And maybe that's totally reasonable. But then, you know, in the month of November, you're going to, you have to be at work from 6 a.m. till 10 p.m. every day because you have to do blah, blah, blah. Yep. Action. Okay. So I'm going to repeat that whole part again. So 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., uh, you're going to be working, doing whatever. Is it reasonable to expect that you're going to spend two hours at the gym every day during that time? No. So you have to actually think about life, right? Or, hey, your wife is, in, you know, she's due December 5th. Is it reasonable November 15th that you're going to spend two hours at the gym every day all the way through, you know, the end of the year? Probably not. So be smart. Weigh in your work, home, you know, other things going on. Weigh it all compared to what you're doing uh, in, as being part of that reasonableness in the goal setting, right? So give me an example, Nick, something where you set a goal and then you realize halfway into it that, oh God, I have to, I have to, I, I knew that I had to travel for two months and I started a weight loss challenge. Like what the hell was I thinking? Yeah, I have two uh, weight loss challenges of I've got to lose 30 pounds in 30 days, those types of dumb things. And then I did one over the summer that I was really mad at myself for. I decided I was going to go on a backpacking trip and not bring any food. And thank God my backpacking partner brought extra food because he knew I was an idiot. Um, but it was a total macho it's challenge. Part of the wolf diet, where you're gonna yeah. like kill food as you go, <laughs> exactly, pick right? berries. Yeah, but the whole thing was like be one with nature and all this shit. But you didn't realize you were going to uh, in Mojave. My favorite, yeah, I know, right? no. <laughs> no animals or fruit growing <laughs> anywhere. There was no animals in the middle fruit. of in the middle of Joshua Tree. Pretty much Eastern Sierras. My favorite part of backpacking is Mountain House dehydrated food. If you've never had them, this is, we're gonna get sponsored by these guys. It's like the best food you could ever have. They have beef stroganoff and mac and cheese and all sorts of stuff. It's like an MRE. Blue, or something? Yes, blueberry dehydrated though. Crumble oh, okay. blueberry crumble desserts, bro. I mean, 
It's amazing. And it's like my favorite part of backpacking. It's like whenever I eat them, I think of the mountains and all shit. I brought no food to do this macho man challenge and I broke like a day and a half into it. How long are we talking? Was this? Five days. Come on, dude. It was so stupid. You can't even go five days. It was so stupid. (laughs) No, it was supposed to be like catch fish. But the whole thing, there was no like logic behind this effort. It was all about, it was some stupid macho man thing. Um, So yes. Do I set goals that are stupid and then I look at them and I'm like, why the hell did I do this? A hundred percent. Am I getting a little bit smarter about it? Eh, a little bit. Okay. Okay. Plan for what happens when your goal's reached. What do you do? So we're talking about short-term, long-term goals, right? So your long-term goal in one year, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. Short-term goal is I'm going to master this process and, and kill it every day. I'm going to do whatever it t- takes to get there. You master that process. You lose the 30 pounds at the end of the year. Plan for what happens at the end of the year. Like plan for that. What happens if I achieve my goal, if I come up short, whatever, and my, a lot of people get to that end and then they don't know what they're going to do, right? And I, they come to me and say, well, what am I going to do? And I say, well, just keep doing what you're doing. You don't have to keep losing weight, keep eating what will, but I already lost the weight. Like, I don't know what to do. So I think a lot of people are confused when they get to the end and they've actually, they've achieved their goal. Like what, you know? Yeah, so I think two things there. The first one is I think uh, enough people do not premeditate failure, um, and then they do not visualize success. Uh, so what I mean by that is, is that you are going to fail. We all are going to fail at some point, and if you do not put yourself in this situation where you um, visualize that you have failed and you are going to pick yourself back up and get back on the horse, it becomes catastrophic and it becomes terminal when you actually do fail Uh, because you weren't expecting it. You feel like a failure. You don't want to walk back in the gym because you don't want to show your face. Whereas if you've already put yourself in that situation, you can kind of feel like you've already been there before and you can get back on the horse a lot faster. And then on the flip side, um, journaling, I talk a lot about journaling and it being a really instrumental part of my process, but journaling your success allows you to visualize it a lot easier. So for anyone that is maybe just starting their journey or at a really tough time on it, I would write a page down acting like you've already lost the 30 pounds or gotten to where you wanted to get to and talk about how you feel, talk about the success, your happiness, um, how much better your life is and all of those things. And what it will allow you to do is keep going through the tough days because you have an anchor. You have something, you have an endpoint to look at and say, okay, this is the journey that I am trying to go to. I've already seen it in my mind because I've already written it down and I've turned that into a thought. Um, and it's going to allow you to get there a lot easier. But I think doing both of those things is instrumental to staying on the path because you're going to fail, but you are also going to succeed in some way, shape or form. And you've got to prepare for both of those. On that vein, I don't know if you've, have you, do you listen to Jordan Peterson at all? Do you read his books? Yeah. Okay. So have you looked at his self-authoring program that he's got online? No. It's a self-authoring program. It's, it's basically kind of what you're describing in that you, you, it's a journaling exercise where you sort of journal backwards from where you want to be. Uh, I haven't done it yet. I've been interested in that. I think at some point when I've got a little more free time, I might uh, throw that into one of my goals, but uh, it'd be something worth checking out. Self-authoring from Jordan Peterson. Give it a Give it a look. You know what else Jordan Peterson just talked about that I'm really hung up on right now? I'm fixated on is Price's Law, uh, which Price's Law states that the square root of the population is responsible for all of the work. Uh, so if you think of a business, you've got 100 people that work at your yeah, business. Yeah, it's always 10%. Yeah. 10 people are yeah. doing all the work. If you have a, a, a four-employee company, two people are doing all the work, right? So we're kind of going through one of those situations right now with my company. Um, but think about your body in that way, right? If are you, you one of the people doing all the work? No. I'm one of the useless ones. <laughs> yeah. I'm on You're going to cut yourself? I'm on the chopping block yeah, for okay, sure. Perfect. I'm getting fired. I'm, yeah. I think they call it retirement. Yeah. Um, 
But if you think about your body, think about your mental uh, willpower, right? Your willpower, if, if you took your willpower and broke it into 100 pieces, there's only 10% of your willpower that is really disciplined and on this journey. And the other 90% is trying to screw you over along the way. So find a way to defend and block against that 90% and allow the 10% to rise up. Yeah, the yeah. processes don't stop. Yeah. That was another note that I had. No matter what happens, win, lose, or draw, the processes keep going. So if you can master the process, then you're going to do well. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to take into account that, like, if you're losing weight, like, it saves a lot of weight, your body is actually trying to hinder you from losing weight. Yep. Right? We want homeostasis. We want to stay the same. Right? Yeah. So even if you're overweight and you have weight to lose, your body doesn't necessarily want to. Right? So it's trying to throw you know, stuff in your way. So you can't, it's right? trying to so protect itself. It's protecting itself. It yeah. doesn't realize, right. It just thinks it's protecting itself. So watch out, better throw that pizza in front of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then it's really easy to, you know, to get like, Oh, it's not working anyway. Yeah. Right. It's easy to mentally get it. So I'll add on to Nick when Nick said with visual visualization that is, I agree with that. Right. You, you want to visualize it. You want to research things that you need to do once you hit your goal, like maintenance, right? A lot of people get there and they've never looked up maintenance for eating. So they don't know what to do when they get there, right? So if you do some research, one, it puts you in that frame of mind where like, I'm gonna get there, right? Because I did all this research, so I know what to, what to do when I get there, right? And then when you do get there, you'll be more set up for success at that goal weight. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, next key point that I wanna talk about is what, like talking about when things start to get rough, right? So maybe we're at that six week mark we talked about earlier. My, my keynote that I wrote down was expect it to suck, not in a good way, right? So expect it to be expected to be bad or to take a bad turn or to be difficult or rough or expect, expect it to not be what you expected. Okay. So I think kind of putting that out there at the beginning is, is going to help. I don't know if people think after six weeks, it's going to become super easy and all of a sudden preparing the food and cooking the food and packing it up, taking it with you every day is going to become less of a chore but it, it never becomes less of a chore. It just becomes part of your habits of what you do. So that's, I think what we're looking to do is have this become just like you brush your teeth, hopefully, or do whatever you do, you know, wake up, go to the bathroom. Like it just becomes part of the habits. So I think poor expectations in this, in this regard can lead to disappointment, right? So if you think on my 22 week plan, I'm, I'm gonna lose 50 pounds and at six weeks I've only lost one pound, that sets an early disappointment. You you haven't put the emphasis in the right spot, and now you're super upset because you're not on track to hit the bullshit goal that you shouldn't have made in the first place. So, poor expectations can lead to this mindset, and at that point, I would recommend maybe reevaluating the expectation and starting over, or you know, definitely continue on with the process, but reevaluate the long-term goal. Yeah, I think the seals say the only the only easy day was yesterday. Um, I would highly suggest everybody lean into that. They only say that on Monday though. Only on Monday. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think a lot of our misery comes from hope and hoping that it's going to get easier versus uh, like what Curtis is saying, if you lean into the misery and just smile and grit it out, know it's going to suck and stop expecting things to get easier and kind of hope for things to get harder, they're not going to, they're going to get easier because you're mentally prepared for it. When you have the mindset of, oh, if I can just get through the next gate, it's gonna get easier from here. I'm gonna have a little less sugar in my diet and feel a little bit better about the day to day. It's just gonna get freaking harder from there. Totally. Yeah, it's just, it, 
just embrace them. We do the same thing in workouts, right? You got to do 50 wall ball in a row. You know it's going to suck. You just get it done. Yep. It's the same thing with your diet. Focus in on it's going to suck, but I'm getting this long-term awesome life from it. So I'm just going to lean into this so I can get the long-term goals I want. Right? Yeah. Short-term sacrifice. Wall ball is kind of like a burpee, right? You can always do one more. Yeah. yeah. So if you just think about doing one at a time, it's not as bad as thinking, oh, 49 more. Exactly. Oh, God, 48 yeah. more. Oh, my God, 47 yeah. more. Yeah. And as far as momentum, I found that like I get a calendar put up on my fridge. And every day I successfully complete, I put an X on it. Right now, all I got to worry about is one day at a time instead of the 22 weeks or the 10 months or whatever it is. Get that egg. And then once you get, you know, like 30 X's in a row, you're like, you look at that calendar, you're like, I'm not messing that up. Yeah, I want some pizza right now, but that X, yep. I need it. There's a reason why AA has developed this program, right? There's a reason why they have so many days in a row and you get coins and, Your you know, rewards. momentum. It works it's, if you work it, bro. It's really <laughs> one day at a time, bro. Um, okay, so we're talking about poor expectations can lead to this this uh, problem after so many weeks, right? Another problem could be you just sucked at executing the plan, right? Your process was flawed. You know, I ask people all the time, oh, how was your diet? Oh, it was awesome. Really? No, I saw you on Instagram eating a cheeseburger. Like, oh, well, oh, except for that. And then I saw you on Facebook the next day you know, having dessert at whatever, Denny's. Your, if your plan is flawed, right? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I just find it interesting that you picked Denny's. Because I named the well, first of all, <laughs> anything was, other than breakfast. When I was Denny's. younger, the only place in, in our little town that used to be a little town that would oh. be open after midnight was the Denny's. Fields, and right? you would either go to get moons over my hammy oh, or yeah. you would get the uh, yeah. ice cream sundae. Because Denny's is like you're drunk. Or you're not old enough to do anything <laughs> cool. No, yeah. So you've got to yeah. go hang out at Denny's. Totally. Yeah. But sorry to interrupt. Continue. Yeah. So you've, you may have done a poor job executing your plan, but maybe you, you don't, you're not, how can I put this? You're not uh, putting enough scrutiny on yourself to realize it. People all the time, I'll say, well, how, you're eating super clean? Yes. Explain to me what you ate every day. Well, I had breakfast and then I uh, went and got a coffee from Starbucks. Oh, you got a coffee? Black coffee? Well, no, I got a frappuccino. It's like, Okay, well, you don't realize there's 900 calories in that frappuccino, right? So a lot of times it's either intentionally or unintentionally doing a poor job executing your plan and you think you're doing a good job and you're not. I've read a hundred different studies lately uh, where they, they've actually studied people and even nutritionists that have logged their food and then guessed about how much they've eaten and every single person overestimates how much exercise they've done like how many calories they burn, and they underestimate how many calories they've eaten. Even professionals, people who do it, even me, like on this little challenge that we're doing, you know, I've been I've been doing this macro thing for a long time now, and even now I'm seeing things that I uh, was eating before. The little the little uh, little handful of corn dippers. Because mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Christy keeps they're like Fritos. Oh. Christy keeps delicious things around the house that I'm not supposed to eat. She does keep delicious every, things. Everybody that's house. listening, we are four days into this thing that we're doing and I'm sea salt and vinegar Pringles. Oh. Yeah. You know, it's even better than that. Sea salt and vinegar, uh, Buffalo wings from Buffalo wild wings. You ever had those? No, let's not go back to the Buffalo oh wild wing, God. uh, short story. That's not, that's going to be for later. Lemon oh pepper, lemon pepper, Buffalo. Yeah. Wings. Okay. Anyway. All right. So poor job executing plan. Um, Talk about peer pressure also. This has come up in a couple a couple of posts oh, lately, a couple yeah, of our discussions. Definitely. And peer pressure and fat shaming and uh, diet culture. Um, I'm gonna save this. We're we're gonna be we're gonna have a um, podcast with, with RP here pretty soon. I'm gonna save some of this stuff for that. But I will say peer pressure 
is is a big reason I see a lot of people fail. And it's it's not just peers. I'm gonna call I'm gonna lump spouses, family, whatever into peer pressure. And it's the mom saying, Oh, you know, you wish I could do figs impersonation of his mother in law. <laughs> um like, oh, you, you're not eating enough. It's unhealthy, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or the or the friend, like, come on, bro. We're going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and eat the 500,000 Schoolville thing. Atomic. Yeah, we're going to eat the Atomic Wing. And then we're going to go get, like, uh, pizza sandwiches from Sam's Club, right? Oh, yeah. And eat, or not yeah. pizza, uh, ice cream sandwiches ice cream from sandwiches. Sam's Club. Yeah. I think we talked about that in a previous episode. Um, so peer pressure is, a, is, is huge. And you know what? I tell people, if you're around people that don't respect you enough to respect what you're doing they're your friends. then they're not your friends and if you're yeah. on family members then you need to maybe take a really hard look at what what's motivating them anybody that loves you or wants your success is going to really want to be behind you in your goals and if you t- if you sit down and explain to them here's my goal here's my expectation here's my short and long-term plan this is what i'm doing and they don't respect that then then that's something you need to take a, a harder look at and maybe if it's a relative, maybe it's a relative that you need to have a little less interaction with or put it just put in a different zone where, listen, I'm just, everyone's got the relative where they believe in a flat earth or they believe in whatever, right? I mean, you've got, we've all got that person and you just, you still love them, you still see them at Thanksgiving, but when they start talking about flat earth, you just kind of walk off and, you know, it, with your peers, it, people that are like that, you can just kind of say, yeah, right, whatever, man. You do your thing, I'll do my thing, and let's go back to talking about something else. So peer pressure... Is definitely. I remember, you know, I had friends that, you know, hey, we're gonna go out and get a drink. And if you're not, if you're the guy that doesn't drink, then you don't get invited to go drink anymore. Now you're not with those friends anymore. But guess what? In the long term, you're probably gonna be a lot healthier, right? Definitely. Than having those friends or the friends that just go and eat pizzas or go do whatever. So I'm gonna say peer pressure. You, you have to get past that. Yeah, and with family, a lot. You just gotta talk to them. I know, like sometimes we're baked day, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I got some pieces on this. Wait, so baked day? Yeah, hold on. So sometimes you feel bad. You don't want to hurt your family's feelings, right? They're making you delicious stuff or something. But, like, you just got to sit down and be like, stop it. So my mom is, like, the baker. All she does be is careful. Bake. Your mom might listen to this. I know. I'm going to warn you right be now. as nice as possible. She'll bake. She bakes like crazy. So I'll go over there, and there's, like, delicious, like, variety. Like, variety. <laughs> Treats. Like, brownies and cookies and cakes and all oh sorts of God. It's, like, ridiculous. So I was, like, having a really hard time. I kept breaking my diet because it was delicious. And it's, like, you know when your mom makes it. It's your mom. It's your mom. You want to eat it. You like, got it. So you I sit her, her down feelings. and be like, I need you to stop making me, stop making me bake stuff. Right. Or like, I don't like nuts and bake stuff. So now we have an agreement where whenever she bakes, she puts nuts in it because then I won't eat it. So when I go over there. Because you I love nuts. Yes. A hundred percent. Okay. So, but yeah, my mom has a bake day every year near Christmas. Well, here's another, maybe, maybe there's a version of this like, Hey mom, until Christmas, yeah. I'm going to be eating this way. So when we have bake day, maybe we can look at baking things that are healthy. hundred percent, which I have, we have brought up and we've looked up recipes. So that's, this, that's exact, but you just got to reframe it. And that, that relative's not doing what you're doing, right? So you need to reframe it. So they understand what you're going through. And I mean, they're your family. They're going to help you out. And I think one of the biggest mistakes you can make is, hey, mom, I'm on this journey, so you need to be on this journey with me. Mom may not be on that journey. Right. Mom may be totally cool where she's at. So um, yeah, I think- We'll so see in three months, mom. Yeah. yeah right? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. If that's what you gotta do. Yeah. You know? Sometimes you just gotta let people know, like, hey, here's the deal. I'm on this. I don't expect you to be on this with me, but I'm on this, and I really appreciate your support and not letting me uh, get sidetracked. So what do you do when it's a spouse, though? Because I've seen this a bunch of times. It's the spouse, and they don't want their spouse to be thinner, hotter, buffer. 
yeah. whatever, right? I mean, what do you what do you do with that? I mean, you have to live with that person. That's a super. You, you tough can't one. say, "Hey, you're not going to be." I'll just go live in the other room for three months, and yeah, you know. And then there's kids involved, right? So that's. I think again, maybe part of your expectation process. So is, can I can I tell you from my side? Yes, please. So my wife is like 105 pounds, soaking wet after she got in a fight and won. Right? She's like super thin, always has been. Um, always ate organic, always been incredibly health conscientious. I was an athlete, I was 175 pounds, and then when I stopped playing soccer, I went from 175 to 235 in like six months, took no time at all. Because my diet was always shit. Is that the picture you sent me, you in the green beanie? Yeah, with my curly hair, yeah, Mickey Mouse. You look like uh, a fat Where's Waldo. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. My diet was always shit, but it was always masked by this insane amount of effort. When running like 10 miles a match. Yeah, being a know? soccer player, yeah. right? Um, so it didn't take long for me to like completely unravel. And it take, it's taken a really long time to get back to what I would consider like a just a decent level of health, not even a good level of health. Um, but my wife was with me through all of that, right? Through college, through high school, through the dark days, all of it. And one of the things that I think she was really good at was two things that she was really good at. The first one is she never told me, she never scolded me. Like I was on a really bad path. She was never the one to be like, uh, you've got to eat healthier, right? She, she knew it, but she just kept her mouth shut about it. The second thing was when we would go out, we would go to somewhere that was not good to eat. She always had this incredible discipline about eating well, right? And I never horribly pressured her. Like, I think I'd push her to like split a bazooki with me if we went to BJ's and stuff like that. But I never like really, really super hardcore shamed her. And eventually it just kind of worked itself out. So uh, I think if you are the spouse that's trying to get healthy and you have a spouse that you feel is trying to thwart you because they feel intimidated that you're going to go out and you're going to be more attractive to other people or um, they just don't want you getting on that path because then they have to ask, start asking themselves the hard questions of why am I not on that path? Just be quiet about it. Like grind in silence and don't go out, you know, praising all the things that you're doing, but also don't let that person thwart you from the path because they might fight it for a little while, but eventually they're just going to let it go because it's not worth their effort. Yeah. My, my advice to people is, is to don't put it out in, in somebody's face. If they're being, if they're not with it, just tell them, Hey, this is what I'm doing. You can do what you're doing and it's totally cool and it's totally fine. We can both do our own things and we both, you know, we don't need to both be on the exact same program. Um, you know, if it's when it comes down to making food, if you're the one prepping the food, say, Hey, would you like me to prep you some food? Maybe just a lunch or something. They start eating that lunch and they realize maybe it's a little easier. You know, maybe you can kind of get them, get them on board with your program. Yeah. When it comes to the gym, you know, invite them to the gym. Don't bug them every day. Maybe, Hey, come in for a Saturday or something. Come join me. Let's go for a walk. They start to see how that the fitness thing kind of stacks up and how good they feel. And maybe they'll want to get involved. Maybe they don't, maybe they are a terrible person and you should just get divorced. Possibly. I don't, I don't know. Possibly. I mean, I don't think so, but possibly jumping from one end to the other, they but, jumped if, if a lot. Got, but here, here's the other thing too. I'll say is, um, you know, cause I'm a, I'm a degenerate. I, if I'm going to do something, I always have to have a co-signer, right? So right. I get all my friends and my family to try and do it with me. Um, so what's really interesting is if you have a spouse or by the way, when you get your colonoscopy, don't call me. You want to come with me? No, I don't. Wait, okay, I'll let you do it, but okay. When you have a spouse that's sabotaging you, analyze if it's pre-meal or post-meal that they're trying to sabotage you. Because if they're super hungry, and, and I'm telling you this from experience, from being the fat kid, uh, if they are hungry and they want to eat like shit, they are going to fight super hard to go to Jack in the Box or in and out or whatever it is, right? 
But as soon as they've gotten their sugar fix, their salt fix, their carb, whatever it is, see how aggressively they fight you about your salad. It's probably significantly less after they've been fed. So if you have a spouse that's really um, adamant on trying to sabotage your diet, think about when they're most aggressive. Is it pre-meal or post-meal? It's probably pre-meal. Yeah, I think uh, also, I was joking there about the getting divorced thing. I mean, for most cases. But, <laughs> but, no, uh, you got to think about but it. Don't also be the asshole like, hey, we're never going out to dinner because I'm on a diet. Totally. And yeah. I can't, st- I'm, you know, I have so little self-control that I can't sit yeah. across from you and not grab everything off your plate and stuff it in my face. There's plenty, even I'm a really picky eater. There's still plenty no, of places. You. Yeah, you? No. There's still plenty of places you can find healthy food, in, especially in San Pedro Valley, right, where you can go have a dinner with your spouse and not, not ruin your diet. So what's Every, the weirdest thing you're picky about that people would be like, come on, that, get over it. Uh, I'm going to say this could this could go on for half an hour. Are you kidding uh, me? I mean, here's the, I eat like meat. Tomatoes? No, I don't like tomatoes. Ketchup? Uh, no. Ven- <gasps> venison? I've never had that. Oh, so I'd try it. Haggis? No, it's just like, I don't like vegetables, really. I'm very select. Did you like not grow up on vegetables? No. That, so like asparagus? Why. I like asparagus, like carrots, like green beans. That's about it. That's it. Yeah. No salads. Not, not nope. Not very many condiments. What is um, it about the salads? You look at it and you're like, Ew. it's the texture okay. of like lettuce and spinach Chewiness. and all that stuff. It okay. makes me like I feel like I have to throw up when I eat it. Interesting. Yeah. I'm yeah, really picky. My point though is you can go out and find stuff all over the place. Yeah. And you can go any restaurant. Every I mean, yeah. unless you go to a vegan restaurant, every restaurant serves some kind of meat, and you can just say, I want the meat. Period. Yeah. Like an example, mm-hmm. like we go to Wolf Creek. I get a side of chicken, side of rice. We're done. Right. Yeah. Super easy, super healthy. You don't have to get a pizuki. You can you can say no. Yeah, and it's rough when like your spouse is like, oh, I have the double bacon wrapped deep fried cheeseburger, and then she eats like half of it, and then slides the plate across to you, and you're like, oh, oh no, willpower check. Who are you talking about, huh? Right. <laughs> I'm not talking about anybody. Right. Um, I happen to have a spouse that is fantastic at just eating a bite of something like order dessert and just have one bite and go, oh, I'm done. No, she, she does have a gift. She yeah. bakes and doesn't. Whereas I'm like, I, I would, like stuff. I'm licking the plate afterwards. And if the, yeah. if the table behind me has left dessert behind, yeah. I will go. 100%. That also. Yeah. I'm like the guy that baked cookies and like just eats all the cookies. You have to all of them. Yeah. It's for science. Yeah. yeah. I agree. That's why we don't have baked day. Yes. hundred yeah. percent. Okay. So we've beaten that to death. Peer pressure. <laughs> don't, don't succumb to it. Um, do a good job in your planning. Prep these people that you're around. And if they're people that you're not around that much, then who cares what they think? Don't be around them. Fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. All right. Why? So we talk about why people quit when it's rough. Why do people quit when they're successful? I've seen a lot of people quit like they're six weeks in and say they're going to go 12 weeks. They want to lose 10 pounds. Six weeks in, they've lost five pounds. I think that's And then they fall apart. Like they're totally successful and they fall apart. Why do you think that is? I think you're more susceptible to falling apart when you're successful. Because you don't have any, uh, your guards aren't up, right? Mm-hmm. And this actually, this is always when I derail. I'll lose like 10 pounds, 12 pounds. I'll feel really good. I'll have one or two bad days in a row of shitty eating, and I won't gain a pound. And mentally, I'll tell myself. You're like, my body's fixed. I figured it out. I'm good. Yeah, you know, scale, you're like, I'm clear. The trick was I had to have the taquito before the ice cream someday. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's exactly it is you're feeling good and I got this figured out. I can go into maintenance mode. And before you know it, like you said about nutritionists, not knowing how to count their calories and uh, how much they've worked out, your your calorie, your caloric intake is totally upside down again. I've, I've got some thoughts on this. 
Harry? One. Oh. They had a poor goal. They had a shitty goal. Oh. Right? I'm gonna I'm gonna set my goal. I'm gonna in three months I'm gonna lose two pounds. Right? And then you set this process up and the process is working great and you've lost two pounds in the first two weeks. Oh, you're done. Fuck so, up. So mission you accomplished. Can, you can right? yo yo for the rest, right? Right. So as opposed to like so the goal was poor. Like we just set a bad goal. But the process obviously is working great. I mean assuming you made a healthy set up a healthy, you know, process. Poor planning, um, poor goals, right? We didn't plan properly for it. And even though we're successful, it could have been better, right? Um, I won, right? And you go right back to your old habits. I won mentality. That's why I tell everyone constantly, it's not about the end, it's about the process. Because you don't wanna, you never get to the point where you win, right? The whole thing, like you pay your rent every day, like there is no winning. You, you, you have to you have to earn it every day. So that is sort of the expecting it to suck and what happens when you're successful. It, it really shouldn't matter. You should, if you double down on the process, you should be good to go. All right. Third thing, I have to get through this three things here so that we can talk about stupid things at the end. Uh, how to grind it out. We talk about grit, how grit's a little overused, right? Although I love grit from Angela Duckworth, fantastic book. I recommend everybody read it and get it, download it for the car. Um, but that's the suck it up, uh, no excuses, like just fucking deal with it, right? A lot of times people, hey, what do I do when I get to six weeks and I don't want to meal prep anymore? It's a fucking meal prep. Like, what, do you, what did you think was going to happen? Like, it's at six weeks, a butler was going to show up to your house and some of the meal prep for you? So, A, you just do it, right? When things get sucky and, you're, and you need to grind it out, Revisit your expectations. Make sure they were realistic, right? We already talked about that. Revisit your execution. We talked about that, right? Build a team. Surround yourself with good people, right? Surround yourself with people that are gritty. You know, when you're around gritty people, it makes you grittier. When you're around, you know, you're, this CrossFit community that we have, it's a bunch of people that show up, you know, people that show up at 5 a.m. to work out every day and it's cold. I come here in February at five in the morning and it's 22 degrees and the bars are so cold they stick to your hand that i will show you some gritty people that can get their asses up in the cold right surround yourself with those people and i promise you you will end up being a little bit more gritty as opposed to you know people that wake up at 10 a.m and you know you're going to kind of tend to be like the 10 people that you are around often so uh, build a team you're setting up, like we talked about, setting up your expectations and everything with all of your friends and family, all of that is going to help. Um, ignore people that are trying to discourage you or derail you. Um, identify roadblocks, right? And don't let them get in your way, right? So what what's a roadblock, right? So you think about like diet or working out, a roadblock would be like, oh, like I've got to, I've got to drop my kids off at school or I've got to whatever, well, that's, it's not like it's something you can't plan for. Every now and then things pop up and so be it. You know, you do your best to avoid it. But for the most part, if you plan properly, you're not going to have some surprise out of left field. Like, what did you forget? You had children? Like when you set your expectations up, you didn't, you didn't realize you had to take your kids to school or you had to do whatever, whatever thing you have to do for work. Um, so identify those things while you're making your expectations and then don't let them become your excuse. Uh, and the last one I have written down, uh, if it's worth it, make it happen. So people talk about, you know, uh, 
diet culture and this and that. And I think we talked about it on the last podcast. I don't care if you're skinny or fat or buff or not buff or whatever your deal is. I don't care. I really don't. Everyone's got their own life. Live it. Be happy. If you're happy, I'm happy. Great. It's none of my business. If you come to me for help and you say, I want to be stronger, I want to be thinner, I want to be heavier, I want to be whatever, and you want me to invest my time and my energy into that, then God damn it, I'm going to hold you accountable. And I am going to get on your ass and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to show you that all these things are excuses and I'm going to, and you're not going to like it. And I tell people it, it's, if you want this, you have to make it happen. I can't eat the food for you. I can't work out for you. I can't do the things for you. You have to do those things. I will show you what to do. If I can't figure it out, I will send you over to Renaissance Periodization. If you have some medical issue or psychological issue, we'll figure it out. We'll find the right person for you. I will find you the help if I can't do it, but we're going to get it done. So do it. Don't, don't make excuses. Don't, you know, if you decide you're going to walk down that path, walk down the path and get it done. So that's it. That's what I got. That's what I got on, uh, on, on doing things, being successful. It doesn't matter. You'll find out whether it's your work, it's anything you do. I tell my kids it, it's about the process of doing everything to the best of your ability and not quitting. And that that's where, that's where the magic happens. Thinking one day I want to have this job or that job. It doesn't, doesn't work that way. So thoughts, what do you think? I just blabbed out like 10 minutes worth of stuff. I thought you did a great job. <clears throat> Put a pen in it right there. Yeah, I would, I would, uh, on the point you made there, the, the leaning on your, your group, on your community, that is a big one, especially this, this group we have at CrossFit SCV. It's one of the best communities I've ever seen. You can think, I thought I've done, you know, some stuff and I didn't want to show my face. Right. But everybody here is so supportive, like lean on those people. They'll hold you accountable when a lot of people won't. Right. So you got to be held accountable. It's funny. You, you invent all kinds of things in your mind about what other people are going to think. Yeah. Right. And then like when you finally come out and like, Hey man, well, you know, whatever happened they're like, yeah, I know like whatever. And you're like, Oh, yeah, well, like, like you already cares. knew like, what, who, like they yeah. didn't care. Right. Somebody loves you or cares about you or they want to support you. They're going to do that no matter what. They're not going to do that. Oh, Oh, well I, I did love you until you messed up and now I just don't love you anymore. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. People can be disappointed. People can, and they can still support you and be upset with you. And that shit heals over time. But if people care about you, they're still going to be there and they're not going to just say, well, sorry, bro. You fucked up. Don't call me. I don't hang around with losers. Fuck out of here. So, all right. Enough of that. We have a couple of segments that we need to attack here. One is shit that we heard at the gym. What have we heard at the gym this week that would be worthy of sharing? There's got to be something. I'm going to lean on you too because I've been uh, gallivanting. I don't know. Uh, I got to think about it. Nothing, know, nothing funny that comes up? Nothing popped up like super obvious. I, 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 not, not this week or last week thus far. It's like we just talked about. Until we decided to have the segment, we had Great. 22 things. stories a week. And now we have none. We're like, I can't wait to tell the story of this right. funny thing that happened. And then absolutely nothing. Well, we can skip from that. We'll go to uh, a couple of weeks ago. We shared a story oh. about uh, about sharding. Oh no! And then it, it resurrected itself back up again in episode five, I think. The shard crossing. Yes, the shard crossing. 
And we said, we, we stayed away from the story and we said that we would have, when Coach Harry came in here, that he would share a story from a long time ago. Uh, at another, I think at another gym? Was it this gym? It was another gym. Okay. This is my first gym. Yeah. So, and, and this is going to lead into a segment called Shit That's Happened to Harry. <laughs> well, we should name it something differently because this is actually right. shit that happened to Harry. I just want to <laughs> preface, preface this with, this is, most certainly was not the only time that I've pooped myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure so, you shouldn't have Are these that. all fictional stories? Would we caveat with that? Uh, dude, just in case you run for politics one day no this is real okay. I will own this politics in the future <laughs> okay no, and if there was I'll get some votes I think for this story <laughs> yeah, maybe so I uh, I joined a CrossFit gym right? I'm huge 315 pounds <laughs> I go to this gym and we're gonna run sprints right I think I mean our diet was just shit at this point I probably ate like you know some pizza chili cheese dogs or something the day before so I get to the gym and my my tummy's rumbling. Okay, it's rumbly in your tummy. It's rumbly. Not a not a hungry rumbly. No, like a you're gonna have to go to the bathroom rumble. And I'm like, <laughs> That's bad news. I'm like, no, this isn't good. So he's like, we're gonna go out on sprints, right? Now I played football in high school. This was a lot of pounds previous to this, but I was I was fast. Right, I ran like a four six forty. So I was like, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna show off here. Like I want to see if I'm pretty fast. Right. So in my, in my head, I'm like, I'm going to take off, right? So we go outside. The rumblings are going away. So I'm like, oh, I think I'll be good. <laughs> I was wrong. As a just caveat. So we we it's coming up. Line, the I'm lines. The foreshadowing moving. of yeah. the story is already probably <laughs> the, the lines. The lines are moving up. I'm uh, I'm almost there. So then I take off. I start running. Right. It's getting, First really, run. it's getting really dramatic. Yeah. I start running and I just start shitting. When you As say I, like, every step I'm taking in this run. More poop is <laughs> is filling my box my boxer briefs. Okay, just like it was a lot. <laughs> it wasn't like a little shart. I'm like, no, oh, it was it like was a full poop in my pants. And you didn't stop because no. you didn't want it to so be. So I'm already obvious. like I'm already like five steps in. I'm like, dude, the pooping is commenced. I need to just ride this out. <laughs> so I poop all over my pants. I I continue. <laughs> I continue right. So I had just joined. It's like the first week. Right, so you all, you all know me, sir. So, uh, we'd like to give you your money yeah. back. So here, if I poop my pants here, straight up, I'd be like, "Yeah, I pooped." Legend I'll, I'll see you later. Yeah. And you guys would just laugh, and we'd move on. But they didn't know me yet. I, they didn't know my my openness. Okay, so I decided I'm going to do this work. I got to finish this workout. You know what I'm saying? I can't leave. Right. So this gym, I'm not going to say what gym, but this gym shared like a dojo, like at the same property. Okay. <laughs> and the dojo had a bathroom. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna sneak in there real quick, clean myself up, and I'll be good to go. So I go in there. It's everywhere, dude. It's like the, the underwear done, like trash. <laughs> I throw them right in the trash, okay? It's, it's all over me. I'm cleaning myself up, okay? It, but the problem is, some got on my shorts, okay? <laughs> so I clean it up, I go back to the class. It's a, by the way, there's like 30 people in this class, 25, 30 people, it was a big class. It was like a Saturday class. And, and so, I'm I'm in there and like people are like looking around and I'm like oh no I think people smell me I think that's what's happening and one guy's like did you not smell you oh, well I mean you not smelled really. you for so long that you stopped yeah smelling I just you? I stopped smelling me because I had smelled it for so long I guess I don't know anyways they're like did did somebody step on dog poop <laughs> and I'm like crap they're onto me. So then, like, they're on to me. Basically, it's not the big brown stain down your it's leg. It's a rectangle gym, right? And I keep moving, and people keep like following where I was, 
and they're like, I think it's over here. <laughs> I think it's over here. And I'm just moving around, evading them, okay? So it gets to a point, guys. It gets to a point where one member yells, all right, everybody drop your pants. Let's check. And I'm like, I'm dying. I'm literally dying, okay? So I go. I, I keep evading. I find a spot outside. We bring like a rubber mat outside because it was really busy. I'm like, I'm gonna do my sit ups out here so that. Oh God, did you do sit ups? There were sit ups and like. <laughs> Is there no poop running down your leg at this point? or something? No, I cleaned it up. There was. Oh God. But I cleaned it. Okay. So, anyways. Because boxers like, aren't even like at least tidy whities would have like, caught it like a big. No, diaper. the briefs. The briefs caught it. It just spread all over the butt cheeks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, anyways, I think like maybe in my car, I have some extra shorts. This could solve this problem. So, so I go to my car, right there in the middle of the parking lot. Let me ask a question right yeah. now. Yeah, no one is like privy to you like going to your car and going to the bathroom. In the middle of the workout. No, <laughs> it was really busy. I was very, very He's coming discreet. in with a suitcase. I was very discreet. So I go to the car, opening a trunk, fresh bag of underwear. Pair, there's a pair of shorts, but I'm going from like a black pair of shorts to like a a bright blue pair of shorts. Like everyone's gonna notice. But I'm like, this is my best play, you know. So I put the short, get naked in the parking lot. I put the shorts on. I come back inside, and the guy that yelled like, "Let's let's check our pants," he just looks at me, gives me a little point and a wink, and he's like, "I understand, man. I get it." <laughs> and then I never, I never, t- but I never told this gym that story. Like, well, you just did. A member will ask, "Well, they don't know the gym though." One member, well, they know me though, so probably one member of this gym. There's only one other gym within 50 miles <laughs> yeah, that operates true. out of a dojo. <laughs> that's true. One one member at this gym who's a coach knows of the story because he was at he he was a member of this gym yes but uh yeah it was it was the worst poop and story. you kept going back yeah dude i don't i finished man i've pooped myself in here too doing squat cleans what yeah middle of a workout i finished that workout okay there's no you drag me off this floor at what point like i, I would go home immediately it's no. a, yeah it's public indecency like it's you're doing just, it for everyone the one, else the one with the squat cleans is just a small little it's a small little shot okay <laughs> There's how many times have you gone into the bathroom to take the trash out and there's just like a random pair of poopy underwear in it? Uh, never, but the toilet I just pretty much on there. a daily basis looks like it's been like somebody hit a a pudding cup with a sledgehammer. <laughs> like Gallagher. I don't know if anyone's old enough to remember what Gallagher is. Gallagher came in with a giant uh, oversized uh, comically large sledgehammer and, just and smashed, smashed a, pudding. a pudding cup Snack in the pack. toilet. Oh, and I it's on the underside of the seat and like Christy, yeah. poor Christy has to clean it up and she's yeah. she comes out with a rubber gloves and she's like, what, what the fuck happened in there? How does that happen? How does that even, ha- how does the poop end up on the, like does it bounce off the water and end up back on the Dude, bottom of the seat? exploding poop. No. But here's the That's thing, public thing. service announcement. We have brushes in the bathroom. Oh. Get the, sh- the skid marks, you know, clean those up. I don't think that's, I think that might be an indicator that you need to work on your diet if you're having exploding poop. <laughs> that's that's probably true. <laughs> Inverted explosions that yeah. go up. When yeah, you, yeah, when you have poop that bounces off the water and hits up on the bottom of the seat, <laughs> that's a, what we call a warning sign. <laughs> it's called a yeah. bank so, shot, dude. You know, it was funny after, during it was not. But after I laughed really hard, so it was it was okay. Jesus Christ! It's brought me years of laughter, so I'm it's, gonna live way know, longer because of this. It's either brought our listeners years of laughter, or it has reduced our listeners by ten yeah. percent. That's true. I hope you guys don't look at me differently at the gym now. You know well, I've story. known the story for a long time. Well, I, I mean, the member, the people listening, bro. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> nobody's fans. nobody's listening. The so loyal Harry fans. Yeah. Yeah, the loyal Harry fans. I think we I think we disguised your name the first time. I think it, we called oh. him somebody named. 
Barry. We'll just call him Barry. Barry. Wow, that Coach was Barry. That was really good. Coach, I'm sure they didn't didn't guess that. Barry Belfrich. What's wrong with you guys? That's the worst cover up. We're the worst at covering up people's names when we tell stories. Yeah, but we talked to our lawyer and we got away with it. That's like Watergate cover up. Yeah, but we got away with it legally. Legally. Okay, so right. now that we've taken that so that journey down the side road. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, thank you. This is, by the way, one of probably, I'm going to say at least 50 stories that I've heard that. Of poop? No, There's not 50, no, 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 just, mean, no, no, not poop stories. Just Harry's stories where I'm just, it's the most entertaining thing in the world. So we're going to have to have a regular episode with Harry. I've done some stuff. <laughs> some experience there's in here. N- there's right. not a, yeah. You know what? <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I'm going to leave it there with uh, with Harry because there, there is he has done a lot of things. So we will we will come back and revisit some of those stories in the future. Have we thought of any funny things from the gym? I thought the taco uh, taco burrito announcements tonight were very funny. I agree. I try to come up with original questions. I've used ice cream like a billion times. So I was like, let's go tacos burrito. Yeah, I thought that was good. That's on our introductions yeah. where we introduce people, uh, you know, name, yeah. how long they've been doing CrossFit, and blah. Interesting question of the day. Today was tacos or burritos. So yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Burritos is clearly the best choice. Oh, my God. Down. I think tacos. I mean, it's a burrito. It's, okay. it's in a giant flour tortilla. Can you go any different, like wrong from that? You're in the woods. Mm-hmm. You're going to get three street tacos or like a fat burrito with guac and you rice. Never, you never said how many. What if I want 50 that's street fine. tacos? <laughs> that's fine. Here's the problem. <laughs> you with only got tacos. one burrito. Here's the problem. How, with tacos. How, how, how much good stuff can you stick in one tortilla? Rinse. Well, I got 50 little tortillas. Wash, repeat tacos. Burrito. Put whatever you want in it. Well, dresser. Check this out. You have your one burrito, and you're stuck with whatever's in it. I can have fifty different tacos. That's true. You got I can have that carne asada. I can have the best point you've elk had taco on this yeah. topic. I can have I can have whatever I want. Shrimp. Okay, here's the deal. If the taco has like amazing tortillas, like homemade, like, like oh, homemade tortillas. Yeah. Like no, you got to get the tortillas oh. from Mexico that are so thin. I don't know if you ever had these. I have not, uh, if you ever drive this. around in Mexico, and I don't, I've never seen them available. Not even at like no. Vallarta, but. They're so thin you can almost see through them, and they're really good. They're, they're not stale like the next dough. Day. You know, you ever eat like something with a tortilla and get like tortilla goop stuck in your teeth? I kind of like, like yeah. that though. That's like my jam, dude. You get to like, like pick that out later. Yeah. yeah, you like the super thin, the super thin ones. Oh god, and the street tacos where just, they have to put like three of them down just to keep it in place, and just really simple, yeah. like some carne asada, a little bit of green sauce, lime, some cilantro, and some lime. Game done. Up. Bam. I'm in on that. Even the picky guys in on what oh, what man. just happened. Yeah, that's that's some good stuff. December first. What's December 1st? I'm going to eat like 20 of those. Oh, because that's when your challenge ends. Well, yeah. you can make carne asada right now. Yeah, yeah but do. I can't have goddamn tortillas. Well, don't have the tortilla. Corn is natural. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Everything's mean, probably made. not. We just had this discussion. Not. Everything's made with corn. All meat's finished with corn. Everything tastes like corn. Like well, when you have, when you eat something, it tastes grass finished. When you t- eat something, it tastes, well, it's usually grass finished and it's been raised on corn. So mm, it still yeah, has a like, corny grass. taste. So when you get food that tastes like you get elk or something, it's like, oh, it's gamey. It's no. not gamey. You're just not tasting corn. It's normal. Yeah. It's so, true. All right. We're going to leave it on the on not tasting corn. So, Harry, thank you for joining us. We will uh, have you back again. Thank you for having our, me. Our, our, blast. Seven, our seven it listeners. time. Thank seven, you. Our seven listeners can enjoy your stories. Don't shit your pants this week. Don't shit your pants this week. You know, I'm, I'm, but if you do, I'm going to do well. I'm going to do okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, boys. We will see you guys next time. 